Sorry. Oh. Go, just go. What up, people? What is going on? It is Keenan, ready for the word, episode nine. Nine. I'm not going to be any more fingers soon, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm excited. This is going to be a good episode. The word is your place to come and get solid sales facts, sales 411 sales information to make your job better, to make you a badass salesperson, a badass sales leader, but we do it in a fun, hip, and cool way. Too much boredom out there, too much. So it's where we break it down. To help me do that is the beautiful, is the smart, is the slam, and is the kicking Kiki B. Kiki, what's up, girl? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. We have a good show today, don't we? Yes, we sure do. Some good guests. We have a really good show. So what is show, today's show? Today we're tackling hiring, firing. Okay, we're not going to tackle fire side, but who knows? Maybe I'll get a wild hair up my ass and we'll go after firing too. We're talking about hiring, finding, and getting A players into the, your organization fast. I'm really excited. We're bringing on uh, Derek Grant and Kyle Porter. And Kyle assures me not only is he going to help us understand how to get A players, but get them faster than your competition, which it's all about. So, Kiki, we're recruiters, right? One of our divisions. A sales guy recruiting this is what we do every day, right? Absolutely, you got it. And we're seeing some interesting things happening in the market, aren't we? Yeah, we sure are. Well, it's a it's a candidate-driven market these days. They're saying. Yes, it is absolutely a candidate-driven market, and what we're seeing is average salespeople getting hired. We're seeing sales compensations going up. We're seeing salespeople make their numbers so they're not ready to move. So it's being harder and harder. So you're going to have to do more to get those candidates. You have to be more creative in how you identify those candidates. And in my opinion, the winner is those who can identify the diamonds in the rough. Those people don't necessarily map up to your crazy little credentials list, but could crush it and kill it. Those are the winners. People can identify those in this market and be the, the total winner. So that's what today's show is all about. So Kiki, what what is the word all about and what's the hashtag? Let's help them out. Well, the word, we're going to be doing a sales conversation. How you join that conversation is through Twitter. You'll want to hashtag sales jolt down there in the banners. Um, so join the conversation, get your questions answered. The more engagement we have, the better we, we find these uh, conversations to go. Yes, yes, yes. Let people get it out. Ask us your questions. Participate. Uh, Derek and, and Kyle will be answering them. I'll be answering them. Kiki will be answering them. We've got a slew of prisoners sitting by their desks watching the stream to make sure we get everybody's answered, right? <laughs> so we get, right? Um, but we always start the word off with some sort of visual, some sort of photo that breaks down something important in sales. We found one today that really speaks to our topic. Right, Keek? So what are we launching? What are we going into today? What's our visual today? We're going to watch a little video clip, um, and then we're going to ask you some questions about it later. So pay attention. Strap in. trying to come up with a story that would explain my being here dressed like this. And, and I wanted to come up with a story that would demonstrate qualities that I'm sure you all admire here, like, like earnestness or diligence and team playing to something. And I couldn't think of anything. So the truth is, I was arrested for failure to pay parking tickets. Parking tickets. <laughs> and I ran all the way here from the, the Polk station, the police station. What were you doing before you were arrested? I was uh, painting my apartment. Is it dry now? <laughs> I hope so. Jay says you're pretty determined. Oh, he's been waiting outside the front of the building with some 40-pound gizmo for over a month. He said you're smart. I like to think so. And you want to learn this business? Yes, sir. I want to learn this business. You already started learning on your own? Absolutely. Jay. Yes, sir. How many times have you seen Chris? 
No, I don't know. One too many, apparently. Does he ever dress like this? No. No. Jacket and tie. First in your class? School? High school? Yes, sir. How many in the class? Uh, Twelve. It's a small town. I'll say. But I was also first in my radar class in, in the Navy, and that was a class of 20. Can I say something? Um, I'm the type of person, if you ask me a question and I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you that I don't know. But I bet you what? I know how to find the answer, and I will find the answer. Is that fair enough? Chris, what would you say if a guy walked in for an interview without a shirt on? And I hired him. What would you say? He must have had on some really nice pants. He must have had on some really nice pants. I freaking love the end of that. So we all we all know, I think most of us know, that's a true story. You know how much of that interview is true or not, who knows. But we know it's based on a true story. We know he gets the job. He goes on to crush it, goes on to be a wildly successful trader uh, or a financial planner. And it's a great story. But I love, Kiki, good job in pulling that video out and finding that. And good luck to Max for helping out. Max, love that, yeah. What I love about it, though, is there's so much in that video, there's so much in that clip that I think so many people miss and so much that can be learned from, right? One of the first things uh, that I liked is I love the questioning of the old man. Did you notice the look on his face when he shook his hand? Yeah, he didn't even look at him. He didn't even look at him, right? But he had the wherewithal to ask some questions. He, he just he tried digging, and as Chris answered him, he realized he needs to keep digging. So I give him total props for that. But one of the questions he asked him was, have you started learning already? I freaking love that. And his answer was absolutely. I would have loved him to go another step further and say, tell me what you learned. But so often, salespeople... Sales leaders, for that matter, come into interviews and they haven't even started on the job. If you're applying for a job or you're trying to get a job you want, you have to start before you get it. You've got to think about your 90-day plan. You've got to think about how you execute. You've got to think how you position yourself. You've got to start the job before you get it. Don't give me this shit. If you did that for every freaking job, you wouldn't be able to get it done. No. You need to start. It's not that much work. And if you're serious and as good as you say, you'll start the job before you, you get the job. Start the job before you get the job. That's number one. I love how he did that. The other thing that I liked is when he started talking, I sat there for 30 minutes trying to figure out what I was going to say to you, and I just decided I'd tell you the truth. No fucking shit. Let's just start right there. Integrity. Just tell me the truth. Tell me who you are. Hit me straight up and let me decide or the hiring manager decide if you're good. Don't try to come up with these little stories. Don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Don't try to create this fake package. Just be your authentic self. Tell your authentic story and let us all decide as a fit and if you could get the job done. I absolutely love how he just like, let me just tell you straight. Let me just tell you straight. The other thing I liked about it is he shared his brand. No, I'll skip this one. I'm going to go here first. He took control. Guys, did you notice how he was sitting in that room with, I think, six Men in suits, with all due respect, they were white dudes, they were rich, and he's this poor brother who's been slinging some crazy contraption. He's trying to break into this world, yet he still took control. He said, stop, can I say something? And he jumped in. He wasn't intimidated. He knew his worth. He knew he had value, and he was not going to subjugate himself to them. He wasn't going to show deference or... or, or um, he wasn't going to be irreverent, but he took control, and he had the strength of character to know that he could take control, and I freaking love that. And then when he did, he dropped his brand. He said, look, I may not have all the answers, 
but I'll tell you I don't, and you damn straight, I know how to find him, and I will. So he dropped his brand on me. He said, this is how I operate. This is what you get when you hire me. These are things that a lot of people need to do, Kiki. And you hear me talking, how, how often do we see this happening? Enough or not enough? Uh, yeah, we've, we've seen some, well, we do hire view, which is interesting. It's um, video interviewing, and I think maybe people don't take it as seriously as a face-to-face -face meeting, suiting up and everything, but still, it's an interview. It's still your second touch with this company that you really want to work with. Don't show up in a t-shirt and, like, a beer in your hand and, like, you know, I mean, obviously, if you do, the content has to override it. Because yeah. you, you didn't just get arrested for not paying parking tickets. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought, like, one of the funniest faces in that room was the guy who referred him. Um, yeah, the guy was like, ugh, like that. But then the guy who referred him was like, oh, my God. Like, is this going to ruin my job? <laughs> like, having this, putting my name on the line for this guy. Um, and then, like, like you said, just taking the control. That was, like, for me, the most impressive moment, especially um, also bringing in, like, the honesty. He just, like, all right, guys, like, I can tell that this is not going well. Can I just tell you one thing that I think will make an impact in your business? Like, I think he did a great job. It was awesome. He did a great job. I loved it. So if you're a sales, if you're, forget sales, I don't care what you do. If you ever interview, take some notes from that, right? Don't say what he said. Don't do what he did. Use that as a foundation. Operate from integrity. Take control of the organization. Know your brand and drop your brand on them and bring some value to the people hiring you and make it easy for them to make the decision. Now let me flip the script a little here. If you're a sales manager or sales VP or CEO, would you have hired him? Do you have the insight? Do you have the balls? Do you have the the vision to hire someone like that? That's the question. Now I'm going to pause for a fact. I'll ask the question. Do you think you would have hired him? I'm going to bet 9 out of 10 of you the answer is no. And that's why most of you fail at hiring because you hire on the safe side. Most people hire in the, using the adage, play not to lose. I'm going to hire someone that's not going to, I'm not going to lose on. I'm not going to necessarily hire someone I'm going to win on. I'm not going to take that chance. If they don't have the boxes checked, if they haven't sold SaaS for 10 years, or if they haven't sold in my industry, or they haven't done this or that, I'm not going to hire them. Well, that's foolish, and you're going to miss some of the best players, especially in this market. You've got to learn to expand your, your decision criteria and your evaluation criteria to find the things that really matter. Because at the end of the day, whether someone's done something or not, only correlates to a certain degree. If you're hiring a doctor, okay, I got it. I want the guy to know how to be a doctor. When it comes to sales, they don't have to have sold SaaS to be a badass salesperson. If you can't see that, you aren't a good hirer, period. I'm saying it right at you. You're not good. Learn to be better. So with that, with that, with putting that on the table, um, it's time to introduce our guest because these cats have the code They've cracked the code. Maybe they built the code, and now they're going to show you how to crack it. We're going to get crack and lack it. Uh, these cats, particularly Kyle, grew his sales team from 0 to 50, I believe, or his whole team from 0 to 50, and has one of the fastest-growing SaaS companies out there, and I bet he's hired people who have never sold SaaS before. So I know he's not afraid to do it. Uh, I met one of his first salespeople, Sean, and Sean is a true badass. I love that dude. He's like the anchor to that organization. I think he runs product now. Um, getting an opportunity to meet Derek for the first time. So I'm absolutely thrilled to introduce these cats because they're going to drop some mad wisdom on you guys and help you become a better hire, hiring manager and help you become a better candidate. So with no further ado, I'm dropping and glad to introduce Kyle Porter and Derek Grant. Keenan, now it's not letting me unmute them. Can you? Oh, shit. It's not letting me do it either. Snap. Maybe um, recall in. I'm sorry, guys. I'll resend you the link. Hey, can you hear us? Oh, yes. Woo! Hi, we're here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're good, Google Hangouts. Don't, and whatever you do, don't try to call Google support because oh. <laughs> moron. That is an oxymoron. Whoa. So welcome, gentlemen. 
Glad to be here. Absolutely. We got a little song for you, my our ATL friends. You want to drop it for him, Kiki? Yes, sir. Now the party don't start till I walk in And I usually don't leave until the thing is But in the meantime, in between time You work your thing, I work mine Yeah That was just for you guys, just for you guys Welcome, gentlemen Thanks Glad to have you here You excited? Yeah, here Is that your own little microphone? It is, can you hear us? Oh, yeah Hear you we can hear you perfect. That's a pretty looking microphone you got there. It's all shiny, chrome. Very much, yeah. Gosh, I feel like I need one now. It's a Series A financing. You can get things like this. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I got to work on that because I want one now. <laughs> I need one. <laughs> so, guys, welcome. I'm excited to talk about this. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little freestyle for a minute. Before I ask the questions, watch each of you take a second to sort of talk to me about your philosophy on hiring and candidates and why you think this is such a big deal. Yeah, for sure. So, um, like, like you said earlier, we've had a fast-growing company. Last year, beginning of the year, we had five employees. Now, I think next week, we have, we'll have we go up to 65. So, within the course of just over a year, we'll go from five to 65. And a lot of those folks are on the sales, sales development, account management side of the fence. So, we're hiring a ton of people. And like you said, man, with the, with the uh, video with Will Smith, like, we're looking for potential here. So my philosophy is it's not about what you have on your resume. It's not about your credentials. It's not about your academic background or what you've done. It's about what you can do based on the skills you've proven and based on the talents you have. So we take our job descriptions and we strike out the things you have to have and we write down the things you have to do in order to be successful here. So when someone comes to me and they say, what are you looking for in a new hire? I say, put down what you, if, if you come back six months after you hire them, and they just crushed it, what would be the things they did? Write those things down, and then go look for someone who can do those things. So that's the way Kyle, we Did you read my ebook that I wrote three years ago? Did you read that ebook? Yeah, I read everything you put no, out. Oh, I do. I should have had you on the road promoting that ebook. That's exactly what I have been saying for 10 years, and no one listens. So I'm super excited to hear you saying, and even down to the job description. Not what have you done, what can you do? And we work with our clients saying, tell me what this person needs to get done in a year. Tell me what they'll have actually done, and that's what you want to find. And, and then ask questions around how would you do that? Yep. Oh, dude, you nailed it. But instead they don't do, dude, oh, holla, holla, holla. Great answer. Derek, what about you? You know, my takeaway is I think that so often we overvalue past performance. You know, if, if you watch a stock advertisement on TV, it will indicate that past performance is not indicative of future performance. And so it's not necessarily finding the person that has President's Club on their resume. That person may have had one big quarter, may have had one big deal go their way, they may have co-primed their way into it. Don't overvalue what it says on the resume. Know what it is that you actually want them to do. And then go and interview for those particular things. One thing that I thought was interesting in, that, uh, in the interview with Will Smith, at the end of the day, did they all have a unified scorecard that they could go back and say, these are the five things we were looking for, coachability, accountability, hustle, uh, do they have those things, or did it all end with, yeah, we thought he was pretty good, he was a little underdressed. So often I think that we come out with the soft things and let some of the soft things actually influence our hiring decisions. Yes, I liked him because of these five things. He's a 10 in my book because he has these five attributes to be hired. Yeah, I like that. You're, you're getting to process, and I think process is critical. But before I get there, I want us to take a second to dissect why do you think most hiring managers and most companies don't hire this way. You know, my takeaway on that is, to your point, it's false aversion. <clears throat> There's a great book called Scorecasting that talks about phenomenon inside of sports. And one of the things they talked about was uh, was when golfing, you strive to hit into the fairway instead of hit onto the green if you're playing Tiger Woods on Sunday because you don't want to lose if you have a lead. Well, the hiring managers are in that same sort of a spot. They don't want to do something too risky. Better to give you the person that looks like they have a documented history of success and to give you someone who may or may not punch them up their weight class and just kill it because of the fact that if that person fails, it reflects poorly on that hiring man. So it's, it's the hard to do, right? You have, you have to dig down deep inside somebody to, to really uncover who they are and what they're capable of, and it's harder to do that. It's like leadership, right? Like if you, It's easier to be a manager than it is to be a leader. Leadership requires you to dig down deep in your soul, dig down deep in someone else's soul, and that's what great recruiting and interviewing makes awesome. You know what I, I – 
I talk often is one of the best illustrations of uh, this, what I'm calling a lack of alignment, right? They're looking for all, what I call them the check boxes. They're looking for this past performance, right? And they're trying to say, oh, well, that's going to mean they'll perform now. And they don't align a lot of times with what you say, what they have to do. You know, one of the greatest examples is of this. I'd love your thought. Go take a look at almost any um, first line, second line, third line, CX, CX level uh, job description, right? And count how many times you see the word leadership. It's almost rarely there. And if it's there, it's in passing. But what is, once you're not actually doing the job yourself, what is the number one trait that somebody has to have to be successful? Leadership. Leadership. Once I'm not digging the hole, once I'm not nailing the nail, I, the number one trait I need, besides knowing how to do it, is leadership. I have to be able to get people to perform through me. Yet we don't even focus on that piece. We just assume they have it or assume it comes with it. I think that's a perfect example of the mismatch of how people go about it. Thoughts? It, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to say whether or not someone has the traits that go into leadership. So if you say the leadership takes empathy, it takes courage, it takes positivity, like, okay, well, how do you, how do you measure those things? It's really, really hard. And so you have to have the right questions baked into the interview process to uncover examples of when they've showcased that in their career. And so I think that's one of the reasons why people don't do it. That's one of the ways around it is just have the questions built up the right way. So, you know, we look for people who are self-starting. And this is something that Derek did at Pardot Salesforce. And so we've got questions around why did you do the things you did? And we're trying to uncover were they self-starting and making that move from company A to B? Were they self-starting and choosing that college? Why did they go there in the first place? We want to hear stories where they, they made an intentional decision to do it. They overcame obstacles to do it. You know, they made things happen in order to get where they were. And so you've got to have the right questions you know, leadership alone is, 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 is a combination of many traits that are all very soft and hard to define. You know, so often, too, when you think about the idea of, of hiring for leadership, you hire for 10 years of management experience. They may not have been a leader during those 10 years that they managed. They may have been someone who was simply a caretaker, the Trent Dilfer of their, of their organization, <laughs> just simply keeping the team between the 20s. Uh, and so you do have to really try and vet out things like leadership. If you do miss those, you get the career manager, middle manager, doesn't leave, bean counter, doesn't add value to the team. I completely and utterly agree with you that it's in the questions. So let's spend a little time on this. How do you come up with the questions and what type of questions should you be asking? Look at you giving love to the local Chick-fil-A Georgia company. I mean, it just runs in the family down there, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> Falcons jersey, I decided not to. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Although I love Matt Ryan. That's a whole different... Yes. So how do you do that? How do you figure out what questions to ask? And how do you know you're asking the right ones? Yeah, so there's a couple things I do. Um, one is is I subscribe. There's a guy named Lou Adler out there. He's a hiring uh, thought leader, written some great articles. And he taught me early in my career about the MSA, which is the most significant accomplishment. So it's, hey, hey, hey Jim, you know, you're sitting down, we're interviewing. What's your most significant career accomplishment? Can you tell me all about it? Right? And then that's going to open up so many more questions. But now you're talking about something that you're passionate about, that you've done that's been big in your career. And you can do it, you can do it based on individual companies. What was your most significant accomplishment at that company? What was your most significant accomplishment while you were in college if you haven't even gotten into the workforce yet? And so that MSA question, it's applicable in a number of different areas. I like to ask that question a lot. And then the other thing I do is kind of a top grading philosophy. Where you take the resume, you go from to the very end, and you just work your way up. Okay, why'd you do this? What about this? You know, I see that this thing. You just work your way through the entire resume, and I feel like that's one of the best ways to get the scoop on somebody's life. Just the whole thing of you know, where they were, uh, what challenges and obstacles they overcame, what significant accomplishments they had along the way, and how they wound up where they are right now. And I love to learn that about people. Okay, um, it's taking top grading takes a long time. It does. It takes a long time. Yes. So do you top grade everybody or only at a certain level? We do a simplified version of it. So we do a, a quicker version, right? It's, it's, it goes surface level for 90% of the time, and then you go deep on the one thing where you're like, oh, I really want to know about this. So it's kind of like top grading light. Okay. 
So guys, real quick, I'm being told, Kiki, are you saying our, our people can't see them again? Yeah, I can see them, but our audience can't see them. God, that happened. We had Chris Brogan on, guys, last uh, last show, and that happened with that as well. I don't understand what is happening. I don't know if something happened in the Google Hangout world. Um, you want us to refresh? Should we try it? Yeah. Sorry, guys. All good. All right. Sorry, people. Appreciate your patience. Google, if you're paying attention, this is the second time this has happened. We've done nothing different on our end. Uh, all right. So if you guys are watching out there in the world, hit us with a, a note. We can see you. So we can see you. This is the interesting piece, guys. We can see you as the hosts. Hmm. We didn't know this was going on last week with Chris until after the show. Someone's like, yeah, we couldn't see him. Like, what? We could see him. So there's something about those in in it versus those who are watching it from a broadcast perspective. Hmm. So uh, Doug Lehman or Maxwell or anybody, tweet if you can see the boys now or if you can't see the boys now. And uh, if you can't, the audio comes in fine. So uh, we'll keep going, and then we'll have to try to troubleshoot this for our next show. Sorry, gentlemen. Uh, All right. right. We're back. Yes, hopefully. Fingers crossed. So I, I completely agree. I love – the, I, I love the MSA. I've never heard of that one, so I am stealing that, and I am using that. Um, what about you, Derek? What are some of the things you use or like to do to try to come up with questions? Because, again, I think you guys are right. It's all about the questions, all about the questions. You know, the way that, that we like to think about hiring, we did it uh, at Salesforce and at Full Story, and I know they do here at SalesLoft as well, is they look for the particular attributes they're hiring for and then they have a pool of questions that exist inside of a particular category whether it is entrepreneur spirit, tell me about a time that you had a company, tell me about a time that you led a team, uh, whether it is something like similar technologies, you know, I see you use salesforce.com, uh, tell me about your level of familiarity with that. And so it's being able to not necessarily, I think so often the mistake in interviewing comes in when people try and ad-lib it. They try and wing it and they don't necessarily know what it is they're looking for. So we like to do a group interview, multiple people who are actually engaging with them and give them all suggested questions and let them go and ask and try and vet out four or five of the traits that we think are so important for them to be able to be successful. Okay. Um, oh, good. It came in. They can see you now. We love right. it. Fan. Yay. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, so I, I do something here that I try to teach my clients to do. Um, love your thoughts on this. And then we're going to move to the sourcing piece and how you do it faster. But... Um, like you guys, I subscribe to the idea this is what they have to get done. So one of the things we do at a sales guy recruiting is we ask our clients for the critical success factors, the CSFs. What are the most critical elements of the job to be successful, right? So that way that steers them away from um, traits, right? You can't say critical success factors. It steers them away. So it's critical. They have to be able to make cold calls or they have to be able to read a P&L, right? So we get the three critical success factors, and then what we do is we ask them how you would do it. So if, if prospecting and, and, and uh, outbound sales is critical, we would ask a lot of questions. Tell me about how you outbound prospect. Tell me about how you engage in calling. Tell me what do you think about that, asking people how they do something that is critical. What are your thoughts on that? No, I absolutely love the idea. It puts them uh, in a position to be able to describe something they've done. As the sales manager, the sales leader, you may actually pick up something you didn't know or didn't think of, some technique that they had used at their old company. You think, boy, that is a flash of brilliance. Does that help them as, an, as a candidate? Yes. Does it help you as a company? Absolutely. Yeah, and I, you know, I got something to add to that, and I think you're going to like this. This is cool. So for the last two months, I've been hiring for a VP of sales at SalesLoft, and the number one thing I found that when a, when a candidate showed up and made a big impact was when I learned from them. When I walked away going, holy cow, I just learned so much that I didn't even know before. And when we got the invitation, when I got the invitation to a sales guy, I reached out to my friend Derek Grant, who's a VP of sales at Full Story, previously VP of sales at Pardot, grew it to over 100 people, over 50 million revenue, went through the ET acquisition, Salesforce acquisition, and then we started interviewing him for VP of Sales at SalesLoft. I'm happy to announce on the word with Jim Keaton right now that there's the newest VP of Sales Woo! at SalesLoft. So nice. We're talking about a topic that we've just That's been right, going we through. That's right, we just did this. And 
when I sat in the room with Derek was when I learned. I walked away from every single one of our interactions going, holy shit, I didn't think about that. Man, that's going to work. And so I did exactly what you said. I go, okay, here's what we've got to do to be successful. How would you do it? And then I go, okay, let's start doing it now. What, here's the situation we're faced with right now. What should I say? What should we do? Who should we email? Well, you know, all that. And he just navigated it. And I was like, There's, this is a no-brainer. He's a perfect fit. And so that was exactly what we did and exactly what made me realize that Derek was right for our organization. It was such a powerful interview process as well as the, the gentleman asked Will Smith, what have you done to begin learning about our business? Whenever there was a challenge that was laid out, it's go and think about this. Come back to us and tell us how you think this might be able to be solved. Uh, it gave me the opportunity to think about the business, take just a small peek behind the kimono, uh, and, and better understand what was going on. And so it was super helpful to me as well, and it's something that's allowed me to hit the ground running much more quickly. Congratulations, D DG is your new nickname, DG. Congratulations, oh man. Outstanding. Uh, Porter, props on you for finding the right guy. I love the approach. It, it, I, I keep wanting to come back to why don't other people do this, right? Why don't they ask the how questions? Why don't they zero in on the critical success factors? Why don't they zero in on what the person has to do, not what they did? Why, why, why? I, I think it's the easy way out, man. I mean, it, like, it's just so much easier to read a resume and to check the box. And, and like people, people like doing the easy thing and not taking the risk. That's and, right. You know, it, it, you got to get out there, and you got to, you got to, you got to take it to a whole other level when you're hiring, when you're interviewing. If you want to find the Will Smiths, because he was the best damn person that they hired, right? When he gets in there, oh, he just destroys it, right? Yes. And that, yes. and that risk is worth taking because the reward is so strong. And so for us, man, we're looking for people that have come from all different walks of life, you know, so unique backgrounds and and different perspectives. And we want all we want to do is make sure that they fit our core values that they can come together on the right vision and that they can execute in their role and make it happen. All the other stuff doesn't matter because, you know, that's just that's just on paperwork. That's just paperwork stuff. And one of the key things that we love to find are people who punch above their weight class. And that's really difficult to find on a resume. If anything, that resume gets discarded because of the fact they don't have enough experience. They don't have yes. enough qualifications, as you mentioned. You haven't sold SaaS for five years, you're out. But the that person may not want to cold call to what you said. So that critical critical success factor. They're five years. They're fat and lazy. They've got bad habits. They won't be broken. The person who's got a year experience, they will walk over broken glass to be able to get that job and absolutely blow your socks off. I saw an interview the other day with uh, Barbara Corcoran from. Uh, she's on the. Um, uh, what's the name of that show with Mark? The Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, the Shark Tank yeah. lady. And they said, uh, you know, she has she has reps that are doing eight million dollars a year in uh, sales reps making eight million bucks a wow. year, right? Oof. And they go, what is the number one characteristic? And she said. I got reps that make 50k, and I got reps that make eight million dollars a year. And she said, "It's not the ones that work harder. It's not the ones that are more intellectual." She goes, "It's the ones that have something to prove deep down That's inside right. them. That's right. It's the ones that." She goes, "Insecurity is the greatest motivator of all, right? And uh, you know, it's the ones that come in. They got a chip on their shoulder. They've been told that they're not good enough. They've been told that." They, you know, that they, they're never going to make it, and they're coming in there ready to prove people wrong. And I think that's what Will Smith's doing in this interview, and, and that's what a lot of great candidates out there that just don't look great on paper, but deep down inside they've got what it takes. And one thing that he appreciated, even though he didn't come from that industry, was how life-changing it would be to be part of that organization. Yes! I think that's yes. what he, he saw the huge opportunity, and he said, I'm willing to do anything to have this opportunity. And when he got it, one in a million shot, he was willing to go and then do whatever was necessary to make sure that he maximized that opportunity. You got it. Nailed it. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right. So that's for the sales leaders, right? Those are the ones hiring. This is how they have to look at it. This is how they have to change. Challenge to you folks. Most of you aren't going to do it. Look me right in the eyes. You're not going to do it, but you've been warned. You've been told because people like Porter and Grant are going to eat you, eat you lunch. They're going to find the really good ones. They're going to get the ones who want to walk over broken glass, but you get the balls and you want to switch, switch. Now here's the next hard part, right? How do we find these people faster than the competition? Because I'm sure a lot of people watch this saw that tell like, okay, I wonder how to find them faster. How do you find them faster? What do you do? Yeah, okay, so there's a few things that we do. The first is for salespeople, we run community events in our building for the type of candidates we want to hire. So we host the Sales Hacker Atlanta events. We host the Atlanta the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals in our building. So on a regular basis, 
We've got hundreds of people recycling through our building that are part of these organizations that are the type of folks that we want to hire. So that's the first thing that we've done that's really been helpful. The second is we just get it out there, like through social, through on our blog, through our employees. There's a, there's a book by Mark Robert's called The Sales Acceleration Formula. Great book. Okay, he was on the show. It was an awesome show. Yes. Yeah, unbelievable. Awesome. He's, he's got an idea in there called The Forced Referral. The forced referral is when you take all your employees and connect with them on LinkedIn and you tell them to look through all their LinkedIn connections and bring two names to you that they think could possibly fit your organization. And then you now have that referral into those folks and you can look at that. And so we've, we've, we never called it that or realized that we were doing that, but we were doing a little bit of that. Now there's an opportunity for us to really do that. Okay. So what about you, Derek? Thoughts? Uh, you know, one of the big things I think most businesses need to think about is whether they are hiring or recruiting. You know, the idea of of putting yourself into a position where you're hiring. Uh, you know, you be places like Salesloft where it is such a wonderful culture. It, it is, uh, you know, one of the best places to work in Atlanta. That begins to attract people to you. And so you really become the super attractive place where you know that your sales reps are going to be the richest person they know. And be able to make the place be somewhere that those people want to come and be part of and where the employees internally, as you talk about the force referral, would want their friends to be here with them and be part of this great journey. Uh, and so you can never undervalue the power of the internal referral, but make it be somewhere that they want to be. So you're not having to go and seek the person out, but the person is seeking you out and they're willing to do the things necessary to get the job. Uh, you know, tactically, a couple of the things that we've done is look at fastest growing company lists and stack them year over year and find reps that find companies that were really good last year and are down this year. They may have been number one this year and number seven, eight, nine this next year. Those reps are probably looking for an opportunity to go and find something new. They're not making as much. So tactically, you can go and attack people who you feel like are undervalued or who may be a little bit loose in their current companies. But you know, quite honestly, if you can be the light that shines out and people want to come to you, that is even better because then you can be a little bit more regimented in the in the interview process as well. Yeah, one of my favorite favorite responses to hear from a candidate when I sit down with them and say, you know, why are you here? And they go, well, we we heard about sales off culture. Ah, yes. I heard about the sales off culture. That's why I came here today. And the culture is getting hit because I've heard about how cool the culture is all the way here in Denver. A sales guy is still a cooler culture, but that's a whole different story. Right? <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think you guys are spot on. So I'm going to squeeze you a little. I'm really going to push you. I'm not the CEO, generally speaking, right? The average person watching this, I'm not the CEO of the company. I don't run it. I don't set the culture. I'm the hiring manager inside of Oracle. I'm the hiring manager inside of Cisco. I'm the hiring manager inside of Tom's manufacturing plant. I need to find three reps. I can't change the culture, but I need someone in here yesterday. What do I do? How do I do it faster? Can you change? Gotcha. Okay, you, you do have me on that. How do you find it faster? I would say look places where other people are not looking. Uh, one of the great companies here in Atlanta, the QA Symphony, they actually hired a young man who was a waiter who was so attentive, so engaged. He was someone who really, really seemed to exhibit all the corporate values, all the hustle that they were looking for. And so, to your point, hiring for critical success factors, not hiring for resume, they gave the kid an opportunity and they started him out at the bottom. So it wasn't like they moved him in as the VP of sales. They gave him a job as an SDR and they let him work his way up inside the business. So looking and mining in places where you may not find uh, or may not expect to find great talent is one place I think you can go and begin finding great candidates. Yeah, and I'll add one to that. I, I read somewhere it was a list of the things that people look for when they join a new company and the direct manager was top three on that list. So you can't control the culture of your organization but you can control how you are a leader and if you've got game plans in place to provide them with coaching and learning and one-on-ones and you've got examples you can show of how you've taken and shaped young men and women and turned them into professionals that's the type of thing people want to see and if you can showcase that in an interview I think you can get great talent that's that's I like that admit going from the macro to the micro I think that's a great observation and folks should listen up all right Kiki you want to say something girl yeah actually I have a similar story to Derek's um, I had a friend who I worked at a very competitive financial services sales desk and the goal was to become an external wholesaler and they that our CEO found this guy at a Marriott at the Marriott down here in Denver um, he was just a front desk agent and just exuded flipping kick-ass like solve problems um, I don't know what he did exactly but he like loved him so he had him interview and he was an external in like a year and a half 
with zero sales experience in the past. So it's those underlying qualities that drive, you know, that's what it takes. You know what I love about that story? What I love about that story is every person in the entire world should listen to what she just said. And when you're doing your job, do it damn well. Because you don't know who you're going to run into. I'd be like, you're a badass, and I want to hire you. So maybe I messed up. I taught Barry Diller how to ski. And he never called me back to offer me a job. So maybe I need to get better at ski instruction. But I spent three days with Barry Diller on the slopes, and he didn't offer me a job. So you know. <laughs> Let me tell you guys a quick story. So, uh, so three stops ago, so this is back uh, nine years ago, I, was, I got a call randomly from a guy and said, hey, uh, I, we never met, but I'd like you to come and work for us. And so that was, seemed odd. And so I started prying a little bit. I said, well, did we meet? He goes, no, we never met. So how, in the world, how did you get my number? How did you know? He said, I sat back to back with you in the crown room at the time, what is now the Sky Club, in the Atlanta airport. You were on your way to Arkansas. You were confirming appointments for that week of people you were going to visit. I literally wrote down your name, number, and I'm calling you here today. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Game changing, but always be doing a great job. It's amazing I wasn't in there drinking. I got to be honest, in the crown room. And so I, I assume it was morning. Who knows? T-shirt down. Yes. That's exactly. Awesome. That's it. Just be a badass 24/7 because you just don't know who you're going to bump into and what opportunities it could create for you. No question. No question. All right, Kiki. So where does that bring us? Um, we, we, one quick question we got from Mr. Doug Lehman. He had a question about what are your guys' thoughts on leveraging video resumes, social send-outs? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I know, you know, I was in the recruiting industry myself back in 2005 till 2009, and I knew it was coming up then, but it hadn't made its way into the market yet. And I think it's a great opportunity that companies should definitely, definitely leverage. Uh, I think we've experimented with it a little bit, and probably we'll get into it some more. Uh, but it seems like a great market opportunity for the, the new companies that are in it and a great way for people to get a little bit better exposure with the candidates they're looking into. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just another way for the candidate to be able to stand out and be able to, to hopefully make an impression, whether it's just seeing them for the first time, how they present themselves to your point, whether they're appropriately attired, whether they have intelligent things to say. Uh, and it just sort of makes them stand out a little bit more than a, a name on a piece of paper. And you better stand out, right? If, you, go. if you're going to have a video on you, you better not be plain Jane because... You know, then then you get to get discarded without even having to come in. I mean, <laughs> you, 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 you guys, you guys so nailed it. I, look, I'm old, right? And I remember the one thing I always would say when I was younger was like, oh, if I could just get in front of them. That's but right. People, but people didn't want to spend that time, right? So it took a lot of work to get in front of someone because that was more time. Now I think these higher views of the world they lower that bar, and companies are like, oh, fuck it, here, just do this. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in front of them. And I just wish more candidates would see that. This is this whole video thing, although it's looked at as a benefit to the business, I see it just the opposite. I see it like you, Derek. This is absolutely an opportunity for the candidate more than it is for the business. Here's your chance that you wouldn't have been given 10 years ago. Yeah, totally. So good call. All right, so is it time? So any more questions? We got any more questions? Uh, that was it. Wait, how do we, we have a place? Oh, we, yeah. oh, you guys nailed it. All right. <laughs> well, now we are jumping into, is it that time, Kiki? It sure is. It's time oh. to cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. And we have a new visual for this. Oh. When you're slapped, you'll take it and like it. Sorry, guys. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. We see that, man. That's right. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> um... Today's Cut It Out is about the corporate presentation or the sales presentation that starts with the company overview. So if this is the marketing person's fault, cut it out. If this is the sales leader's fault, cut it out. If you're the salesperson and you're clown enough to do it, cut it out. And if this is the CEO who's got an ego this big and wants to tell everybody about the company, cut it out. That first slide of the presentation that says, we're a 24-year-old company started in 1986, and we're located in Atlanta, and we've got 27 people. We're on the Inc. 500 list, and we have six toilets in our bathroom, and we give out donuts to our guests, and we go to church on Sundays. Ugh, I won't even say what I think. Get cut it out. Get rid of it. Nobody cares. You are burning 
time, my valuable time. I don't care when you were started. I'm here because your sales rep was good enough to drive enough interest in me for me to give you an hour of my time. So the salesperson did their job. You got me. I'm on the line. You got me. You got me. Bring me in. Don't waste the freaking time now telling me shit that I don't need to know. I don't. You got me hooked. I don't need to know what rod you're using. I don't care. I don't need to know the test of the line. I'm hooked. Walk me through the reason you brought me here. And then at the end, if it's relevant, I'll ask you if I really care how long you've been in business. I, if I need to know how many toilets you have in your office, I'll ask you. Other than that, cut it out. Get rid of it. Trash it. Stop it. And it's probably like right. 10 minutes in like the very first section where, where you've got them hooked, and now they're just looking at their iPad or their iPhone and like gone for the rest of the time. Right? Right? I know. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Gentlemen, would you like to chime in on my rant? I love this part of the show. I get to just go off. Would you like to chime in? You know, one thing I would say is why do you need a presentation? In many cases, particularly in the world of SaaS, seriously, a presentation is almost a crutch for the, the rep that is a little bit weaker. Why not be able to go and ask them about their one slide, your company logo, answer 10 questions for me, great, let's go in and let's take a look at how we might be able to help your business as opposed to ad nauseum, we're this, we're that, we're the other. It's very self-serving to do that and it really does turn the, the culture of the room around a little bit where it's not about them, it's about you. The very first thing that you're telling them it's important is you yep. and that's really a bad way to start. Yeah, I've got a story about that. When I started SalesOft and we, we launched our first couple products, uh, you know, I was in love with our own product. I was in love with us. You know? and, and I got on some demos and uh, and I started showing. I showed up and I throwed up. I threw up all over them. I started showing them the widgets and clicking here and showing them this and how cool this was. And then I had a couple of demo. I had a couple of demos booked and I wasn't able to make it to the office for one. And so I I jumped on my mobile phone and I took the call and I engaged with the VP on a deeper level than I had with any of those live demos. And I started asking questions about what objectives are you trying to hit next quarter? What does the CEO think about this? What is the board saying about the revenue numbers? How are you going to get there? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? What about this? And he starts unlocking the keys to the kingdom of his organization, telling me why they're doing this, how they're doing that, why they thought they should do this. And I'm asking him tough questions and we're going back and forth. And at the end, he's like, it sounds like you guys can help. We want to buy. And I'm like, holy shit, I should have been doing this the whole time. Instead of just showing off the product everywhere, you know? Like I just dove into his company and wanted to find out about them and uncover why they wanted to do what they wanted to do and then and then slowly started to show them that our solution was the answer to the things they've been talking about. Well, you know, and, and once you've gotten them to actually do some confession and once you have a good idea of what their pain points are, you can use that later in the process, right? Hey, listen, I thought you told me this was a key priority. I thought you told me this was costing you X number of dollars per month. I thought you told me this was a corporate directive. Yeah, you needed to do this in six months. That's right. You that told means me you got to get started now. Yeah, we need, you can work backwards. It gives you the compelling event. The more they tell you, the more that you have to be able to work backwards to help them get into a solution if you're the right fit for them. Boom! And you know what I call that, you guys? You know, I, I it's my thing. I call it, do that again. Do that again. <laughs> yes! Drop mad truth wisdom. D, do you know what I call that? I call that the I'm confused. Yep. I use it all the time. I tell all my clients to use it. I tell all the salespeople I work with. When a client, like you said, when a client goes dark, or they're not doing something they said they were going to do or whatever, and you have the information like you just described, what you say is, hey, DG, I'm confused. Yeah, who knew? You said. And, I, and it's amazing how that gets that ball rolling when you, when you create that gap in, in consistency. So holla, holla at you. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we are at the end. Anything you, either one of you, let's both of you take a minute to part some wisdom on folks as we roll on out. Well, you know, I, I just, I, I love this industry of sales. And, and, and the, way, the way I define it, people ask me, you know, what is it that you love about sales? And what I love about sales is if you have a fundamental belief in yourself, a fundamental belief in your company, and a fundamental belief in your product or your offering, sales is only a transference of that belief to someone else. And so in order to do that, you need to understand how those things will help them solve their problems by asking them the right questions, understanding their businesses, and communicating those things in a way where they recognize that 
by choosing you, by selecting with you, they're going to get things done. They're going to accomplish their mission. They're going to look better. Their businesses are going to grow better. And that's what sales is all about. And you know, the one thing that I would, would leave as sort of a, a parting thought is sales has truly changed my life. And for every person that you're out there talking to that you're considering for a position, I think it makes a lot of sense to let them know that your business, being, doing sales for your organization, is going to change their life as well for the better. It's going to be able to enrich their life. It's going to allow them to do things they never could have done before uh, and be able to really spin that vision and let them know that you are the right place for them to land because of the fact that you've had your life changed by this organization and you are going to change their life as well by being a part of it. That's what it's all about, man, changing lives. That's it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, folks, thank you very much, Kyle. Thank you very much, DG. Congratulations on the new gig. Thank you. Kyle, congratulations on the badass hire. I expect now from 60 people, I expect 200 people next year. No pressure, DG. No, no that's pressure. what I expect. None. Yeah. Uh, guys, thank you. It was a blast. Love the energy. Love the enthusiasm. Really appreciate it. Uh, Kiki, next. Oh, we don't have our guests for next week yet, do we? It will be a surprise, but it should be a, it's a cool topic. Here, here it is. So our topic for next one is the star-spangled startup. We're going, to we're going to sort of tie into the start of the country 4th of July theme with sales and startups. So um, we have a couple of good guests on invited. We haven't got confirmation, so it's going to be interesting. But don't know anyone. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so this is going to be a good topic. We're excited about it. Um, so, folks, my parting shot is this. People run companies. That's the only way things get done is through people. So as hiring managers, hiring sales leaders, you have to recognize that your ability to identify talent and then get that talent through the door is one of your own critical success factors. I don't care how much you know about SaaS. I don't care how much you know about selling. I don't care how much you know about the economy. If you can't identify talent and get that talent through the door, you're failing. And as a candidate, it's your job to market and sell yourself. If you are the freaking Einstein of sales, but you don't know how to communicate that, you failed. It's not the, the client's job to figure it out. If they're good, they will. It's your job to get them to see just like Will Smith did. He gave them every reason when he walked through that door not to see what he could do, and he still got the job. So with that, folks, a little parting, parting stuff. Thank you very much again to our guests. If you want the job, you know how to get it. If you want the right people, go get it. Until then, to my boys and everybody else, until the next episode, peace. I'm out. Just chill to the next episode.